This is Jimmy Dore, uh, one of the giants in podcasting, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder, and welcome to another installment of the Beach Boys Albums Ranked. We are doing the middle of the pack here, 18 through 10, and as I said in the previous episode, they have 29 albums, I'm leading two out of the competition, uh, the Christmas album and Stars and Stripes, go back and listen to the previous episode for my reasoning on why we're doing it that way. We've arrived at number 18 in our countdown, Carl and the Passions, So Tough. This comes out in 1972 at a point when the Beach Boys are kind of uh, in a little bit of a, a, a flux, uh, I would say. Bruce Johnston temporarily leaves the group, and uh, his position is taken by two guys, uh, two South Africans, Ricky Fatar and Blondie Chapman. And now uh, you may know Ricky Fatar if you're a Ruddles fan like I am. He is the drummer in the Ruddles. I, th- I think he plays Stig O'Hara is the name of his character, if I'm not mistaken. And any, I, I found this out later, and I thought, wow, what a cool thing, because I'm a massive Ruddles fan. If, you know, if you're not familiar, it's uh, Eric Idle wrote this film called All You Need Is Cash. It's about a fictitious group called the Ruddles. It's a parody of the Beatles. Weirdly, if you watch that, and then you watch, I think it's the complete Beatles uh, back-to-back, you would think, oh, it's a parody of the complete Beatles, which is a documentary about the Beatles that came out in 1980. Here's the funny thing. All You Need Is Cash is three years earlier than the complete Beatles. Now, of course, you're, well, it's the same story. Yes, it is, but it's just weird how it almost it seems like the, uh, All You Need Is Cash is actually a parody of something that actually came out three years later. By the way, Complete Beatles recommended. Uh, it is narrated by Malcolm McDowell, one of the greatest English voices in the world. Uh, I saw a thing on... Someone said, who's, who would narrate your, your biography, your life story? I'd choose Malcolm McDowell if I could use any voice. Anyway, so back to Carl and the Passions. comes out in 1972. It's only eight songs, and excuse my clicking here. Uh, Brian Wilson, like I said before in the previous episode, you know, the, the greatness of a Beach Boys album is sort of inversely proportional to Brian's involvement or proximity to the album or the project. He writes a couple of songs on here. He only produces one. It's produced by committee, so each person produces their own song. So Ricky Fatar and Blondie Chapman produce Here She Comes, which is a composition that they wrote. Uh, He Comes Down, for example, is written by Al, Brian, and Mike. So Brian gets a writing credit there. So I guess Brian's on three songs uh, as a writer. But Al and Carl produce it because Brian's having issues at this point, and he's also producing his wife's band, The Honeys. So he's got other projects he's working on. But again, he's got got enough involvement in this that that he's still involved in it. It's not a great album. There's not a lot of peaks on it, but there aren't a lot of valleys either. It's a very, very even album. I'm going to play for you Marcella. I believe it was the single from this album. It was the second single from this album, actually. You Need a Mess of Help to Stand Alone is the first single. It's also the power cuts, the one written and produced by Brian Coton with Jack Riley, their manager at the time, and co-produced by Carl, Brian's younger brother. But I'm going to play Marcel because I think it's the best tune on the album, and well, here it is. Hey, hey, Marcella. Hey, hey, Marcella.
Marcella from Carl and the Passion, So Tough. The lore of the title of the album is that the Beach Boys were originally going to be called Carl and the Passions. Carl Wilson later denied this. He said that is a completely made-up story. Brian had been quoted in interviews saying he was going to name the band Carl and the Passions to get Carl to join because Carl was only like 13 when they started in 1962 and maybe was a little reluctant to join his older brothers and cousin in a band, but uh, Brian was going to name the band after his brother. But again, Carl denies it. Brian says he just thought about it, so I don't know how seriously it was taken, but that ends up being the name of the album. The album is doesn't have a lot of confidence from the record label at the time. They package it with pet sounds in early releases to get people to buy it. But it's it's not a bad album. It's very even. It's very of the time. And it's interesting to see the contributions of Ricky Fatar and Blondie Chapman as well. We get to Beach Boys today from 1965, I believe it is. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. And this album, it's got some peaks and valleys, I would say. You get Help Me Rhonda again on this album. I believe you get the single version this time. You get a great cover of the Bobby Freeman tune, Do You Want to Dance? We played that on the My Favorite Beach Boys covers episode a couple weeks back. Uh, but I'm going to play for you a tune that I like just fine, but a lot of people love this song, and, I, and uh, sonically it's great. It's a great record. It's When I Grow Up to Be a Man. When I Grow Up to Be a Man Will I dig the same things that turned me on as a kid? Look back and say that I wish I hadn't done what I did. I grew up to be a man, a uh, big hit for the Beach Boys. I can't remember what it actually got to in the chart, but does it say here in the little preview? No, it does not, but I believe they got it to uh, into the top 20 at least. Uh, let me see what else is on here. Kiss Me Baby is on here. Don't Hurt My Little Sister. It's uh, They're getting still inspired by the Motown thing a lot. They'll, they'll do more of that in later albums, of course. Dance, Dance, Dance is on here. That's a great tune they still do live. So we move on to our next album in the countdown. Friends from 1968 follows Wild Honey, which is going to be one of my favorite albums coming up in the next episode. But Friends, I I don't love Friends a lot. It's a little too slow for me, a little too mellow. 
Uh, I like the power cut meant for you. Friends, the title track is great. I'm going to play for you a song that I first got familiar with from one of the Beach Boys live albums. And maybe I'll do a little appendix of the live albums. There's like four or five of them. One just came out like recently. It, was a, uh, it had been in the can for a long time. They needed to get some kind of clearance for it. It was recorded in 65 in Chicago. But anyway... Uh, the first live album I got was Beach Boys Live in London 1969, which turns out was not recorded in 1969, nor was it recorded in London. It was recorded in England. But this is one of the tracks that was on it. It's a Brian Wilson Al Jardine competition, uh, competition, composition, and it's called Wake the World. One by one, stars appear. The light of the day is no longer here. Wake the World from the Friends LP, a Brian Wilson Al Jardine composition. Like I said, it's a great version you can find on the live album. The, they released the Beach Boys albums, I don't know if you know, in uh, twos. Uh, I don't know when it was, in the, I guess the early aughts maybe. So you get the first two albums, the next two, so it's in, in twos, it's in tandem. And the live albums actually are released the first two, one, 64 is the first live album. I think it's just called Beach Boys in Concert. And then Live in London uh, from 76 is really, so you get both of those together. So that's a great find. And then there's another live album from 72. We'll discuss that down the road. We're going to move on to Shut Down Volume 2. So I've clumped what I call all the early surf albums together for the most part. They come out between, let me see, 62 and 63, you just get a ton of Beach Boys albums. And then you get, they repeat tracks on some of them, so it's really confusing. Shutdown Volume 2 is Volume 2 because there's no Shutdown Volume 1 by the Beach Boys. Shutdown Volume 1 is a compilation album that they appear on with a bunch of other bands doing car songs. And so the Beach Boys, when Shutdown 2 is due to be released, I th- I guess Capitol decides, well, no, you guys just do it, or they don't end up doing Shutdown Volume 2, so the band decides, well, that's a fun title for an album. So I don't really remember the, the ins and outs of it. But what's key about this album is that it comes out in 19... I have 64 here. I think it's 63. In fact, I know it's... Six, well, it could be early 64. Uh, they're starting to move out, just starting to move out from the whole surfing beach thing a little bit. Uh, Warmth of the Sun is the ch- song I'm going to play for you here. It's written the night of the Kennedy assassination. Uh, Mike goes over to Brian's house. They're, you know, the nation, of course, is devastated. And what what do they know how to do to, to cope with their, their grief and the shock? They write songs. And they write this one, The Warmth of the Sun. So yeah, it is about, you know, the sun and things like that, but it's a, a little deeper than that, and it, it, it's inspired by something really deep, obviously. Here's Warmth of the Sun from Shutdown, Volume 2. <laughs> The sunset at night 
Warmth of the Sun from Shutdown Volume 2 takes us to 1963 Surfing USA, and I'm going to play Shutdown for you because it's one of the, I guess, first car songs that they do. Not one of the first car songs they do, but it's one of the better car songs they do. And this is a, when I got my youngest into the Beach Boys, um, I don't really get her into it. I think just from me listening to it, she kind of picked up on it. And this is still one of her favorite Beach Boys songs. This is the uh, aforementioned Shutdown. Tack it up, tack it up, buddy gonna shut you down from the Beach Boys. At first when my daughter heard this, she thought that it was, and she knew this couldn't be right, but in her head she heard, uh, tack it up, tack it up, Barney's gonna shut you down, as in the purple dinosaur. She knew very well that's not what they were singing, but she, it just sounded like that to her. So, And now I can't hear it any other way. We go to Surf and Safari, 1962, the debut album. You think that would rank a little higher, but I guess the, the thing I, the problem I have with these middle albums, it's not really a problem, but just from... These are the songs you hear without hearing them, I guess, you know, and this is what they're known for. And this is why people mistakenly believe that this is all there is. My friend Pat Francis for a long time was argued with and they thought, well, it's just, it's just about beaches and girls and cars sometimes. Well, that's not true. In fact, he had a dude on his show two, three years ago that went through it. They went through album by album. And I think Pat got a better understanding of the Beach Boys. He's still not keen, I don't think. But uh, I think he kind of got that idea out of his head that that's all there is. I mean, yeah, the, the hits, when you go see them in concert, you're going to get a lot of songs from these albums and from this era, certainly. And that's what people want to hear. And that's what's kept their career going. It's what allowed them to do uh, what the stuff they were doing in the 70s, which is amazing. But from Surf and Safari, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs of all time. But Oh, and a funny story to go along with this. Songs called 409. One of my favorite uh, cars of all time. I'm not a big car guy. I don't... I. I couldn't locate a carburetor. I could I could uh, replace your battery for you. I can, if I had to, I could probably replace some spark plugs, but I'm not that kind of a car guy. I just like cars as a more of a historical thing. One of my favorite cars of all time, and I looked it up to see which model it was, either the 63 or the 64 Chevy Impala, probably the 63. I didn't know this for the longest time. I just found this out like a couple of weeks ago. 409 is a Chevy Impala, 1963. How dumb am I? So for a long time, I loved the song. I loved that car. Didn't know they were the same thing. Here's 409 from the Beach Boys. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I saved my pennies and I saved my dimes. Nothing can touch my 409 
409, P.F. just finding out that the 409 is actually one of his favorite cars of all time as well. We get to Surf's Up. Surf's Up comes out in 1970. It's critically acclaimed. It's part of the Fuel's Flow box set that just came out, which features Sunflower, which is the previous album, which comes out in 1970. And then Surf's Up, or I'm sorry, yeah, that's right. Surf's, wait, let me think. No, Surf's Up is, Sunflower 70, Surf's Up is 71. I have it wrong in my notes here. I think I was going by the British release date? Why do I have 70 on here? Don't know. But in any case, Surf's Up is, uh, I don't really like this album as much as I thought I did. I th- it turns out I like Sunflower better. We're going to find on the next episode. But then I was listening to Surf's Up yesterday, and I'm thinking, like, well, this actually is pretty cool. But anyway, again, they're at this point, they're touring and doing okay, playing their hits. So this is where they're making their money. And they'll throw a few new songs in. But then they get, get to go back to Southern California and... With and without Brian's involvement, they get to create some really cool stuff. Amongst them, Surf's Up, the title track, actually comes from a song written by Van Dyke Parks and Brian Wilson in the late 60s. I'm going to play a song called Take a Load Off Your Feet, which is a fun little ditty, and it's some good advice that they have in the chorus. I do them when I'm down in the tub With avocado cream, they'll take a rub They wrinkle like a raisins if I stay too long I wouldn't want to do it wrong But they'll put you in the driver's seat And to the table when you want to eat But when you go to sit down in your chair Something else has got to put you there Take good care of your feet Take a load off your feet from Surf's Up, a great album from 1971 from the Beach Boys. Although only my 12th favorite in the countdown, we get to 11. Hey, it's another car album, Little Deuce Coupe from 1963. And again, uh, this is probably one of the first Beach Boy songs I ever heard. It was the one that stuck out for me when I heard the commercial for Endless Summer in 1976. And I think it actually was the last song in the, you know, they'd play little snippets of each song all the way through. And it's the last one you hear while they're telling you the 800 number and no CODs and how much it's going to cost. And the, the very tail end of Little Deuce Coops, I'm thinking like that, just to that little bit, I'm like a Russian kid listening to the Beatles, you know, I'd never heard anything like that. That's that the coolest thing I've ever heard. What is that? I got to have that. So Little Deuce Coop, I'm going to play for you right now from the album of the same name. Here you go. Just a little disco with a 
Little Loose Coop from the Beach Boys from the album of the same name. There are a lot of car songs on this album. Uh, you, you get 409 again, which is, uh, that's one of the where they're kind of repeating songs. And I, I start to get confused. Uh, let me see. Be True to Your School is on here, not a car song. Although he talks about driving around town with his decal and back. So that counts. Uh, Shutdown appears on here again. Spirit of America is a great tune. It's about a uh, one of those rocket cars that they used to build back in the 60s and race on the salt plains in, in, uh, in Utah. I thought it was a song about America, and I listened to the words closely one time, and I'm like, oh, it's a song about a car. How about that? Called Spirit of America. So that takes us to number 10. We're going to end that here for the day. Keeping the Summer Alive, an album that everybody hates because, again, that's from the 80s. And I listened to this album a couple of times, and I'm like, I actually like this album a lot. There are some good songs on here. Now, uh, weirdly, my favorite song on the album, and I might have even played this in my 10 favorites, I don't remember, or just barely made, or maybe just didn't quite make the cut, but it's the title track, Keeping the Summer Alive. And there's a Beach Boys concert video that uh, HBO used to play when I was a kid, when we first got HBO, so this would be 1981, 82, 83. It was recorded in 1980 in Washington, D.C. on the 4th of July. I watched that thing to death. This is one of the songs they played, and I knew it was a newer song. I'm like, well, they can still write some tunes, man. And it's written with uh, Randy Bachman, Carl Wilson and Randy Bachman, off of Bachman, Turner, and Overdrive, as I like to call them, writes the song. He writes also another song with... Carl, I mean, uh, uh, Randy Bachman, called Living with a Heartache, which ends up being a single. And again, weirdly, Keeping the Summer Alive, which I think is the better tune, is not a single. But you can tell Randy Bachman's fingerprints are all over this thing. Oh, and weirdly, I just saw a post from Burton Cummings, who was in the Guess Who with Randy Bachman. And he posted in the Beach or it's on his own page. And I think it must come up my feed because I'm such a massive Beach Boys fan. He doesn't like the Beach Boys after David Marks leaves. Which is insane to me. David Marks was actually the original guitarist, I believe, and then Al Jardine was supposed to be involved, but then he moved back to Ohio for like three months, and then his dad got transferred back to California, and David got into a fight with Murray, the of Wilson's dad and manager, and said, I don't need this crap, and he quit the group. And so, and even looking back, he said, oh, I was, I was full of myself. I was a, a knucklehead. And they needed a guitar, so they said, hey, Al's back in town. Let's get Al. But anyway, Burton Cummings is like, I don't like the Beach Boys after David Marks leave, which is an insane hill to die on. I mean, we love David Marks, but that's where you're going to stop liking the Beach Boys? I mean, I can see if you're like, I didn't like when they stopped doing surf music or car songs or things like that, or they got too experimental or whatever. <laughs> you don't like them because David Marks quit the group? Anyway. So getting back to Keeping the Summer Alive, again, not a lot of peaks on this, although I'd say Keeping the Summer Alive is one. The cover of School Day by Chuck Berry is is pretty good. Going On is another good tune. Um, Santa Ana Winds is a good tune. Endless Harmony, the Bruce Johnson tune. And by the way, people think Bruce Johnson's best song is Disney Girls. And I'm starting to think as I listen to more of the catalog as a whole, I'm, I'm going to drop that to like fifth or sixth for him. He's written some other really good tunes. And Endless Harmony is one of them. It becomes a title of one of their greatest hits, one of their many greatest hits packages. But anyway, here's Keeping the Summer Alive from the album of the same name, 1980, The Beach Boys.
So there we have it, wrapping up the uh, middle of the pack for the Beach Boys albums, Ranked. And we'll get into the top nine next week. We're going to leave you with a song of the week from, uh, going to really shift gears here. Eric Prids is this fella's name, and you may know him. I didn't realize this was the same guy. He had a hit in the early aughts with a song called Call On Me, which samples the uh, Steve Winwood track, Valerie. And I was looking it up. Like He got the number one in Britain and like two or three in the U.S. So you know the tune. And it's a pretty good tune. I dig it. Uh, this new tune of his is called Nopus. It's all one word. I don't know what that means. It's just an instrumental. Um, I kind of like when they bring in at least some kind of a vocal or a sampled vocal like they did with Call On Me. But I was reading about Call On Me. Turns out that Steve Winwood, he, he had to play it for him because um, when you sample a song or do something like that, you, you have to get permission to use that. And then, of course, Steve Winwood becomes a songwriter, uh, songwriting credit on it, and he gets another number one hit for him. Good for him. Not, I'm not mad at Steve Winwood. But he was so impressed with it. He said, hey, let me re-record the vocal for you. So he re-recorded it. It's not a sample that ends up being used in this song. It's actual Steve Winwood actually re-singing th- th- those, bleh, those parts of the song for Eric Prids. And Steve Winwood later said in interviews, he said, hey, look, that kind of music isn't my cup of tea. I'm not a big dance electronica guy, but I really liked what he did with it. It was very creative. And so he dug it. And of course, like, again, I'm sure he dug the check showing up in his mailbox too for it. So anyway, this is Eric Prids off of Call On Me fame with his brand new single. It's a little dance ditty for you called Nopus, uh, PF tape recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. <laughs>